0: G'day and welcome to the 17x podcast series. My name's Mick Hayes, thanks for tuning in. I have the absolute pleasure of chatting with entrepreneurs, visionaries, and absolute change makers on how they're using their business as a force for good in the world. We align these conversations with the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, the UN's global goals for the 2030 agenda that we simply must achieve. And it's my firm belief that our business community is our best shot of success. If you're inspired by these conversations, you'll absolutely love our 17X speaking events that tour Australian cities. Jump over to our website, 17SDG.com, that's 17 the word, to find out when our events are coming to a city near you. But for now, sit back and enjoy the show. And don't forget to subscribe where you are listening to stay up to date with our future episodes. So today we welcome Eli Harrell from Valhalla, a a new connection of mine. I've had uh, the joy of connecting with over the last, say, 18 months or so. We've had some really cool conversations uh, exploring different ways to do business and and learning a little bit about each other. Um, Eli is a a real student of people. He's a visionary. He's a coach. He's a mentor, an investor, uh, really an entrepreneur in the, I guess, the truest sense of the word. Uh, he's a, a serial, what I would call a conversationalist, uh, a human connector, uh, and his passion, as I'm finding out, is really unpacking the, the human experience to to endlessly increase what he says his understanding of himself and other people uh, with a goal to build a more comprehensive mental map of the world. Uh, this conversation explores Eli's mission to work with people and organizations to solve human-created problems. Uh, in the world that we can ultimately uh and hopefully make uh this place a little bit better uh to exist in, I hope you enjoy this really deep conversation at times as we you know really explore one man's vision to use human connection to change the world uh and his alignment with the SDGs, uh but also fascinating to hear how uh we can as a community and a business community use a little bit of impact and purpose and and collective purpose to uh ultimately change the future so Enjoy the show. Enjoy the chat. Thanks for listening. All right, Eli, welcome to the 17SDG podcast. How are you
1: doing? I am doing wonderful this morning. Thanks for having me. Mate, uh,
0: we've been talking about doing this for a little while, so I'm stoked and I'm, I'm quite interested to hear, um, hear your story
1: over the next half an hour or so. Where um, whereabouts do we find you in the world, my friend? Physically speaking, I am geographically located in Cebu City, Philippines. Been here about seven years now. Yeah, unreal, um, mate. Uh, before we get
0: into hearing what you're up to at the moment uh, over there, um, I'd love to get a, a bit of a snapshot into what the last little while has been for you. Uh, can you give us a, a quick, uh, I guess, roll of some key highlights for you for 2021? You know, we're we're three months in now. Um, what have you seen this year that's
1: made you um, made you really happy? What are your highlights? Um, so you're talking about like looking back at 2020 and, and sort of where we're at right now, what am I, what am I seeing as highlights for, or good things going on either in yeah, my world or yeah. the world? You know,
0: just, just more recently, what's, what's been the highlight for you in recent times? What's going on in your world right now?
1: Uh, for me personally, a lot of exciting things. I'm kind of always doing my best to reinvent myself and, um, the company direction i'm excited about which we'll probably talk about a little bit more later but Mm -hmm. we're we're really kind of gearing ourselves up to focus primarily on serving the education ed ed tech and anyone Mm -hmm. the the space where anyone innovating and learning so i'm pretty excited about where we're headed with that um and just kind of connected to that looking at the 2020 and the world, I think I'm excited about the fact that a whole lot of people just woke up and realized that the way we've been educating ourselves is kind of old and obsolete, and we're looking at lots of new ways to change that. So yeah, sure. I guess those would be a few things awesome.
0: I would mention. And now, look, before we get into hearing more about that, um, can you give us, a, I guess, a two to five minute snapshot on your, you know, your, your origin story? Where have you been and, and what's
1: brought you through to where you are now? Yeah, sure. Try to keep it short and relevant. <laughs> uh, so a bit of an unorthodox background. I'm from the US. I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Moved to the, moved to the East Coast from the West Coast when I was like seven. But um, my parents had eight kids. I'm the oldest. And they homeschooled all of us. So I grew up in an entrepreneurial household where it was insanely chaotic. But um, the main thing I would say that's very different is that I wasn't raised on the typical path of go to school, get a diploma, get a job. Um, so I've been an entrepreneur my whole life in in pretty much all aspects of the way I look at the world. I've, I've just sort of just seen my parents figuring it out and um, adapting and just, just making their way and not leaning on employment. So I've been in a bunch of different industries since then. I started out in the same industry they were in, which is construction. We, we had residential service businesses in Atlanta, Georgia. I started my company, my first company, 2004, in my late 20s. Um, another company a couple of years later, spent the decade of my 20s just building those companies and focusing on kind of doing and having is how I would say it. I really just living... The usual pursuits of quote-unquote success I had two kids I had a house I had you know all the stuff everybody kind of wants the American dream uh kind of woke up in my early 30s and realized like I'm crazy stressed out success on paper isn't really making me happy and not very healthy and for the first time and maybe in my whole life I really started asking myself like why am I not thinking more about who I want to become and and that was a very gradual realization through my 30s that I wanted to focus a lot more energy on growing myself. And I think the last seven or eight years, I've focused a lot more on studying the human experience than than on just making money and uh, actually deprioritized making money for quite a while. I actually sold my construction companies 2012. And the next year, ended up with an opportunity to or sort of an invite to, to come to the Philippines to help a friend with a business and um was here for a little more than a month found the economy and the culture to be quite interesting and vibrant and a lot of people that just really wanted to learn uh english is really great just just kind of liked it here even though it was major chaos compared to the us um january 2014 i did something insane and Well, we started it earlier than that, but, you know, actually finished the decision in January 2014. I had sold pretty much everything in the U.S. and just moved my family here saying that it would be about a year to see what it would be like and uh, was helping a U.S. company that was opening a few markets in Asia. And uh, that sort of didn't pan out after about a year, but I ended up not wanting to go back to the U.S. I liked it here. I didn't really want to go back to some of the things I don't like about the U S culture, like complaining, (laughs) sorry, Americans. Um, but now it's been seven years and I've been, I've learned so freaking much about you. You learn a lot when you move to another culture and embed yourself in it. Um, so I've been in cyber, I've started a cybersecurity company in Singapore. I've been coaching and advising startups that I believe in, um, in many different industries from recruitment to, outdoor advertising just all kinds of stuff and um now i have a company called valhalla we build software teams for companies all over the world that are we say basically we we really like to um, amplify the impact of purpose-driven human-centric companies and we focus on education like learning any anybody who's innovating learning we love to accelerate the technology they're building by building by helping them round out their teams with extended teams so that's um that's me and uh, my family, and I've been here for seven years in the Philippines. My kids are homeschooled; I would say unschooled. And yeah, that's a snapshot. I will, I will stop there. Hope that's <laughs> yeah, that's <enough>. cool. <laughs>
0: that's uh, that's a journey, man. Like that's a you know going from. Um, what do you think your key key learnings is? Uh, you know, growing up in a, that kind of entrepreneurial household, uh, you know, homeschooled eight kids, like it's a big family. As you say, chaotic. Uh, looking back on that, what 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 kind of key life skills do you think you you picked up there that have that have done you well throughout your career and and your adult
1: life? Yeah, I love that question, and it's. It's an easy one to nail down one main thing because I've done so much thinking about this. Um, I think the biggest advantage I was given is the, first of all, it started with boredom, frankly. I was just in my teen years. I didn't really have much to do, but um, I was home and bored. And I I I, I discovered what it's like to start pursuing your own learning and this was pre-internet, right? I'm that old. But um, I think I learned how to pursue, I, get curious about something. So being homeschooled, I, I discovered that I didn't like people telling me what to learn and I didn't want to do it. Um, and I kind of didn't do it. I resisted it really hard. But later, I started realizing that all, all the things that, I ever, that ever changed me were things that I got curious about and then I pursued on my own and I would read a lot I would create experiences for myself um, my dad would take me to work with him a lot so I think I, I learned how to learn and how to love learning and loving the feeling you get when you feel like you're gaining competency or understanding and it was your choice uh, that that for me is the foundational thing that I that I learned that I think a lot of people who go to school don't yeah. naturally learn
0: yeah yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that you know shout outs to my dad who's who's had his whole career in psychology and organizational psych and he's done a lot of work around self-determined learning and i think you, you're kind of going down that same rabbit hole around kind of learning what you want to learn and when you want to learn it and then you kind of learn it better right you know because you, because you're more engaged you you don't want to learn and 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 you know we all we all take in information and learn things differently and figuring it out for yourself in in some way obviously is um has given you that groundwork as, as a teenager, early 20s, to then go on to some great successes.
1: I would love to talk to you about your dad's background. <laughs> I didn't know that because that actually, my stated personal mission on this planet at this point, Mick, is that I want to help as many people as possible to take more ownership of their own learning and growth. Like That's just core yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah, Oh, there you go. I'll, I'll
0: send you a hookup.
1: <laughs> okay, sounds like- great.
0: I like that, um, you know, I've got your, some of your stuff in front of me here and I like that your, your, your email signature has an interesting one on it. I'd love for you to just to give us a heads up on what do you actually mean by that? And then we'll get into Valhalla. Um, you've got this student of the human experience. Um, and I think that kind of leads into what you were just saying, but what, what's going on there? Like, it, it sounds like you, you're hugely fascinated in, in, in people.
1: I have become so. Yes. Um, I spent, I don't, I don't know where to start with this one. So I, don't, I, I guess I'll i will start with why I think this developed. I've discovered now, after I've gotten to know myself a lot better, that I think I've always been much more empathetic than I thought. Like I think I started life as an introvert, and I would really just observe. When I was a kid, I was just a very quiet observer. And I think I was much more tuned into emotion than I, than I knew. But I'm also really left brain. So I've been very logical and very driven for many years. And I think I kind of ignored that side of myself. But um, in the last seven or eight years, I maybe 10, actually, I have spent a lot more time trying to understand people and my, you know, really myself, I think it was kicked off by really painful experiences in my previous companies in the US with with my business partners who were my brother and guys I grew up with. And we just kind of didn't know what we were doing with a lot of partnership and leadership and it was it was really stressful um and I found myself getting angry at my brother a lot and I was like what the hell is going on why am I why am I so overreacting emotionally and that led me to start questioning I I started just paying attention more to what's going on inside my own experience and where were these emotions kind of coming from had a theory that emotions were actually coming from thought I mean this was duh right but this was not this was new to me and i never really thought that much about it i wasn't paying attention i was just focusing on doing and having and 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 what do i do every day to get this stuff i want not on the inner experience so um let me let me tie this back to a relevant answer i gradually i think a lot of people go through this when they start to discover how much there is to discover inside of themselves and how complicated we are um i i started realizing that the layers inside of us are just almost infinite when it comes you know, to something, something like behavior is the most surface. And then there's thoughts and emotions that just kind of bounce off each other and, and loop off of each other and feed off of each other. And we really get stuck in, in that place a lot. But, it, but below that, there's our belief structure that we didn't really know how it got there. Sometimes we've been given a lot of beliefs that we didn't choose and they really affect our thinking and our and our um emotions and then below that is even our values hierarchy and how we see the world like our paradigm and so i think so through what i started doing is looking for people who were living and i don't mean success money-wise i mean like um actually thinking feeling and just existing in a way that looked better to me and um yeah, some of the first people I paid attention to were Jim Rohn and Tony Robbins and Brendan Burchard. And, there, and then I just sort of, uh, t- man, Impact Theory by Tom Bilyeu, this this YouTube channel that my now business partner introduced me to about seven years ago has been a super nexus of thought leaders. And I love how Tom Bilyeu focuses on things like the growth mindset and like how like neuroplasticity and, and neuroscience and like actually the, the science behind how we learn so I've just been deep studying myself, and I think the only way to learn about yourself is by studying others, too. You can't just do it alone. Yeah, sure. So I've been studying myself, how I work, how other people work, and then here's the crazy thing. When you understand how people work better and better and better, then you start to be like, oh my God, that's why the world works the way it works. Like everything in the world works the way it does because of the crazy, the way humans are. We're just, yeah. So yeah. Um, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, I get it, and I think um, it's an interesting one to hear that against your, you know, your career journey there as well. Like, it's it's one that comes up a lot in some of these conversations on this podcast that so like I have the privilege to have with these interesting entrepreneurs that kind of go through that, quote unquote, you know, success, whatever that looks like. With like you're saying success on paper, you know, you get the successful right. business, bit of money in the bank, um, kick some goals. Uh, professionally, and then it's like, okay, some kind of aha moment, or it could be burnout, or it could be uh, some kind of um, philosophy change, or like you say, you can have challenges with your, with your partners or the way that the business is running. And there seems to be this paradigm shift, and it's this is what leads me into uh, the ideation or, or ideation, sorry, around purpose driven brands and, and entrepreneurs kind of coming out the success funnel and mm-hmm. landing landing then headfirst into this purpose driven funnel and realizing that hey we don't have to just go chasing this paper success and maybe it's the human experience and the connectivity between us as individuals that we need to actually focus on to create a you know a happy life versus a successful one. Um, and, and kind of rounding back to this idea of purpose driven brands or some kind of purpose or impact um, to, to back up that human experience.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think for me, it's been an evolution where I, I first sort of had a lot of inner stuff to figure out and solve. And as I started doing that more and more, I got to the place where I, I knew that I, in order to remain feeling fulfilled, I also needed to help other people. And I started realizing like, I, I know I know enough about how people work and how the world works and how I work that I can now help other people with their challenges. And then I got pretty frustrated that I was trying to help a lot of people who weren't really ready to help themselves. Um, And so I started focusing in on, you know, how do I choose who I want to help? And I ultimately came down to a couple of core things that I started looking for. But the one biggest one was I need to build, I need to surround myself with people who are actively working they've they've taken ownership of their own learning and that they're working toward some sort of improvement and and growth on their own and those are the people if i put energy into them and i help them see things then they're gonna use it and it's gonna make make a difference um and then from there i started realizing through my business journey and and partnering with quite a few different people in different industries different startups different companies i discovered that um worldview and values hierarchy with partnerships is the, like just so freaking important and that's what led me to, to partner up with my now business partners is I would basically three years ago I asked myself okay I was I was working I was leading a social enterprise and we I won't go too deep into it but basically it, it felt like the um sustaining the energy to make a difference on the planet wasn't working out across the leadership group. And I, I started kind of realizing that I thought we had maybe some values, hierarchy alignment, misalignments, and worldview misalignments. And um, I think, have you heard Einstein's quote that he said, the most important decision a person could ever make is whether to believe the universe is hostile or friendly, something like that?
0: That sounds typically Einstein, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. I think this is so important is like where we put our focus is what is what we'll see, right? It's like, it becomes our lens. And if you watch the news every day, you're going to think the world is just getting shittier, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I focus in on entrepreneurs and innovators who I think are pushing the world forward and solving problems at at an increasingly fast pace. And that leads me to believe that we can really make a difference. And um, I realized it takes like a year and a half of working with somebody before you really know their worldview. You you kind of can't just ask them. <laughs> you have to, you have to yeah, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and it's like so I, I said, okay, look, I have to I have to partner with somebody who believes that business is the best tool we have for solving human problems and that wants to build businesses where they're truly human-centric, where we're we're putting people, um, it's it's more important how we grow people than it is about growing profits. It's not, it's not just shareholder supremacy driven. And yep. that's what led me, I, I said, there's only two people on the planet that I'm positive about. And so I, I went and started this company with, with uh, Garrick and Tom, who are here in Cebu with me. So yeah, that, that was my journey. It's like purpose-driven. Unreal.
0: I love that you talk about in- values, you know, values hierarchy and values partnership. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that listen to this podcast are business owners and quite commonly, you know, SME, small medium business here in Australia particularly, looking at how can they actually pivot their business model to create some kind of sustainable difference in the world. Uh, and, you know, starting at things like a values hierarchy or, you know, between your partners and, and between your senior leaders is is
1: kind of step one, right? Needs to be. Yeah. But nobody tells us that. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you did. <laughs> hey, um,
0: I, there's, there's something else I just want to pick up on there. And, I, and I've heard you say it before, and I'd love for you just to, just to kind of explore that because it does kind of align with the idea of the SDGs. is using business to solve human-centered or human-created problems in the world. Um, what's, what does all that mean to you? And, and I guess maybe dive into a little bit more kind of technical side of that comment.
1: Yeah, thanks for asking that. Um, I love this topic. So, without unpacking it overly much, if if you go back to like the 1970s in the U.S. and you know, I, I very much appreciate. I'm super grateful for what capitalism has given us in so many different arenas of of solving problems. Like, I think capitalism has been beautiful for the world in, in advancing innovation and giving us free markets and letting letting people speak with their dollars and So those things are really good, but we uh, sort of started by Milton Friedman. We ended up heading down this path of shareholder supremacy driven decisions. And it's become the norm to where pretty much everybody expects that business leaders are going to make all their bottom line decisions based on what's best for the shareholders. And this for me is, well, let's, let's zoom out for a second and look at what business is really, I, I look at. You know a, a business is nothing other than a concoction of human imagination, just like money. It's like it only is there in our imaginations and we put it on paper and we decide that it can own things and you know but it's it's imagination. and um, it's a model. And you look at the models that humans have created, they've you know let, let's compare it against others. We have we have well, religion and government and and nonprofits and cooperatives, and like there's maybe more, but the, the big ones. Business is the one that gives us the most potential to align the energy focus, just you know, the, the, just amazing humans who care about something, align all of that work and energy toward a common goal and make it sustainable so that it creates its own resources, right? I mean, at, at its root, that's how I see it. Like that's really all it is. And it's the best sure. model that I've ever seen that we can use to, to solve our own problems. And if we keep focused on that, we realize that, well, the humans that are being aligned toward the problem are the most important part of it, um, so that we actually end up solving the problems. And the resources that we create need to be, if that really is the priority, then the resources need to go back toward solving the problem more than in the pockets of the the shareholders. So um, I guess that's, for me, just the root of it. It's like, are we building businesses that are just there existing to make shareholders more wealthy? Or... And, and and we need wealth. We need wealth to solve problems. We need resources to have more power to solve problems. But what is your real, actual passion in doing what you do? Um, and that's that's really what led me to partner with the people I'm partnered with because that's genuinely the way we see things. And and it's amazing making decisions with people that actually mean it. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's, that's, that's a cool um, explanation. And look, hey, beautiful segue into Valhalla. So tell us tell us about this all, awesome. Uh, organization that you're running with your partners and and how you're using it to um, create some of that change
1: I would love to tell you a little bit about it um, I think we are a young company that's evolving around trying to solve problems and and keep learning about the people that we're trying to solve them for and what their problems really are so i do think there is something amazing about us already and it, it is that core passion and the fact that we are I really can't look myself in the mirror and say we are truly human-centric and values-driven. Um, I mean, we, we hire by and sometimes let people go by our values. And so Valhalla, basically, we build teams for companies that are building software. So, so we started out as a software agency that would basically build software for whoever would pay us. Basically, through my network, I found a number of clients in the US and Australia and Singapore. Um, and we learned enough about delivering on those promises and, and the processes and we we were just, Garrick and I are deeply dedicated to constantly learning and growing and evolving and innovating and learning from others. So along that, the last two and a half years of, of running that agency, we have keep asking ourselves every quarter, like, what is our vision and what do we really care about? And. Last year, so let me, let me real quick start by saying we started this software agency as a stepping stone toward our big, big dreams, which our stated mission between the two of us is someday we want to look back and see 500 companies existing on this planet that are just super focused on solving problems for humans that somehow came into existence because of something we did, whether that's just mentoring someone or whatever it is, but somehow, you know, just spawn startup founders and help grow people that can solve problems through business. And so we were building this agency to get us the experience set and the team and the and the kind of the culture, tribe, and the resources financially so that we could start investing in startups and founders. And I realized last year that this wasn't really fulfilling me because we were it's it's like a long journey to get to the place where we're some someday gonna have this, you know, milestone that we'll reach where we have enough resources to do this thing we care about. And I'm like, wait a minute. What, why do we have to wait? Because I don't, I don't want to wait. I want to be doing things I care about now. And I don't want to necessarily be building software for companies that I don't, that don't, it's not like I would necessarily say no, if a friend of mine asks me to help them build a team, but I really want to be working with companies that excite me because of the problems they're solving. And I realized we could have this now. And we have this partner client in um, Singapore called New Campus. And we started really learning about the ed tech space more through them. Um, they're they're innovating tech. They're innovating in the learning space, focusing on helping small to medium sized businesses upskill their like new managers, new leaders, and and in a, in a much more effective way than the old learning and development methods. And the founder of that company, Will Fan, he he recommended to me. He's like, "Why don't you guys just zero in on on edtech?" And I thought, man, how how did I not see this before? Because like our entire company, we just deeply believe that learning human learning is like the most leveraged thing we could ever be involved with. And if we just focused in on that industry and served primarily served companies in that industry, we're gonna learn so much about that thing we want that problem we want to solve. But there's all all these companies all already out there solving these problems. Why don't we just make them better and 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 complete them and serve them and add to you know, add value to what they're doing instead of um, waiting for years to start our own companies to solve problems that we care about. Um, So that's what we do. And that's why. And I'm really excited about where we're headed with that and and learning that we have a lot to learn, but I'm really love our team and I love our culture and our company. So it's going to be, I haven't experienced a last thing I'll say on that. I haven't experienced, the, this is the first time I've ever experienced building a culture from the ground up where we started with the values, where we got them right in the beginning. Yeah. And I'm starting to see what I've heard so many other entrepreneurs talk about, that if you build the right tribe, like magic things happen. Yeah. And it's the first time I've ever seen it on the inside. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, so.
0: I love, um, look, uh, um, a, key, a key thing you said there um, that I wrote, I just wrote down and I want everybody to, wherever you're listening to this, Uh, whether you're in your car or you're listening at work or whatever i want you to remember these two words and that is don't wait (laughs) you know this idea of i'll do it when i'm successful or i'll do it when or i'll i'll do it later um screw that (laughs) start doing it now (laughs) you know just get into it um you don't need to wait for like you talked about before this kind of success on paper or you know and and don't don't wait until some kind of milestone. Just start working on it right now. If you, you get these value aligned, you know, this culture aligned, um, purpose driven outcomes aligned, you know, with the business model, then like Eli just said, you know, amazing things happen, right? That just happens. So um, and we're naturally you know we're more sorry we're we we're, we're, we're naturally more enthusiastic, energetic, and you know you know you kind of work harder on things that you're really passionate about, and so success is almost forced. when you're really really into it so please don't wait whatever you do
1: (laughs) no that's so true and actually i want to say thank you for this invitation because just being on this call and talking about these things does get me juiced up again and it's you know don't wait but also it's this weird dichotomy of life where things do take time to compound so it's the consistency that actually gets you where you want to go but but don't wait to start you know and um and yep. you know, the 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 day the day over day grind sometimes isn't doesn't keep you as excited, but that's why I also know I need to stay connected to other people that are that inspire me. So yeah, I really yeah, appreciate yeah. I appreciate you and I appreciate being here and talking about this stuff because it gets me going. Yeah, again. yeah for
0: sure. <laughs> that's the whole idea, right? We um we connect with like minded individuals and then we get we get juiced and we go and keep doing it. But yeah, you know, one percent every day. It is a grind sometimes. Shit. That's business. But um Truth. What's, what's the key learning there that you got out of building from the ground up with values first? What's your number one takeaway from that? Because it's really interesting.
1: I read a book called The Star Principle, which is not, not one of my favorite books of all time, but there was this one really amazing takeaway from it, which was that the first 20 hires um, really will, it's so critical that you get those first 20 hires right so that that becomes a nucleus of the culture and then that becomes self self-regulating self-filtering yeah. um and we've god man it's like i get teary-eyed when i start talking about this because it's like i freaking love the people we work with so much and um the growth i've seen in several of them over the last couple of years blows my mind and it's like yeah. when you so we we just my yeah, garrick and i we in the, within the first year we really put a lot of work into deciding on just four core values and we chose taking ownership of personal growth and learning, um, camaraderie, reliability, and um, showing up with full energy and full engagement, just being very present with the people you show up for every day. And we have a pretty simple system that we borrowed from the entrepreneurial operating system from the book Traction, the EOS system that we, every quarter we look through that scoring system and it's just kind of like red, yellow, green on our values. And there's been a few people where they, they didn't you know they sort of just obviously weren't you've got these people that end up being core and they just live it all the time yeah and then you've got people that are kind of just a little bit they're totally on board but maybe their habits and their lifestyle don't really make it quite they're not there yet and it's it's okay not not everybody's going to be core right not in the beginning um and then you've got some that are far enough outside of that that they just don't actually fit and they don't end up staying um but the core people—you have enough people in the. You know, if if you're really consciously hiring people and interviewing people based on focusing on these values, and then you're watching, you're talking about these values every week, and you're making sure that um, people understand what it means, and what 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 you're gonna see in other people's behavior that indicates that they live by these values or not, um, it starts to become self-filtering because you end up with enough people at, that are core that everybody just sees like, this is the way it is here. Everybody grows here. Everybody's talking about what they're learning. And they're like, proactively trying to learn and grow all the time. And it feels amazing. And that's the norm. And so everybody is it becomes a little bit of peer pressure. And um, I've just never seen a nucleus. I know people know how to build that, but I never knew how to build it right. And this is the first time I think we've
0: this is this is for me this is where one of the 80 20 rules show up you know like 80 percent of that cultural output comes from 20 percent of those core individuals that really live, breathe it and it just comes naturally um you know i've I've been last around six months or so i've been doing some consulting with a big company here in australia and uh one of the main kind of uh, remits was to help redevelop their culture and do a bit of change management there and one of the first Mm -hmm. things we did that Kind of implemented was the idea of yeah exactly what you're saying is recruiting based on cultural values rather than skill set and you know because you can always train the skill set to a to a point uh, yes some of that cultural stuff if you've got specific you know core values in alignment it, it kind of needs to come naturally <laughs> you know you gotta you gotta find people that live and breathe that and and bring them into your company that you work so hard to build uh, and you know pass them the the baton and and get them to drive it with you you know so. I love this idea of value-based recruitment, um, you know, and hiring and attracting humans, I think is a better word, or that, totally that true. really fit that alignment, yep. you know? Um,
1: yep. So that's I, not something I knew how to do before, and I, we're still learning, but. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You
0: know, I see it a lot in consulting where you get, particularly in the small business sense, you know, these kind of owner operators that are trying to get less operator and more owner, but they're pissed because some of their team don't kind of work the way that they do in their business or have that ownership, which is kind of understandable when you haven't recruited based on the right value set and um, that ownership's not coming naturally because it's, um, it's just not there. So we, we immediately change that up. So um, again, another key learning here for our listeners is if, if you're, if you're troubling with who you're attracting into your business, start to look at your core values and recruit on attitude and recruit on those core values and uh and let the skill set come later
1: Um, yeah i totally agree and not (laughs) to go too deep on this but i would also say make sure you're really evaluating yourself and and are you are you attracting those people to your company based on showing them that that's who you really are yeah um because i you know it's not going to probably work that well if they can't see their themselves you know yeah you've got to. yeah i'll I'll leave it there authentic (laughs) yeah authentic business we just be
0: authentic, please. Um, no, I love it. That's cool, man. So, um, look, we're getting pretty close to our time, but I'd love to just know, like, what's, what's the next, you know, short to midterm future for Valhalla. Uh, it sounds like you've got a, an awesome team. Um, you've realigned your values into kind of ed tech or education tech. Um, mm-hmm. You know, where you're headed as far as the people you want to work with. What's um what are we going to see if we dial back in in 12 months time, what are we going to be, what are we going to hear about?
1: Man, that's such a good question. Thank you for that. Helps me recenter. Um, so got a lot of clarity around that as far as where I want to be. And and, a, and a, I think a path to get there so that I just hired somebody about a month ago to be our senior product and partners manager, which I haven't hired for a role like that before. But in a service based business, I think it's going to be fun this year for us to deep dive into the worlds of ed tech and and founders of any company, leaders of companies that are innovating education and learning to more deeply understand the technology solutions that they're building and what their challenges are around the teams that they're building and or what they don't even know that they don't know yet and how can we be packaging productized services that bring them expertise and access to talent and skill sets, et cetera. And even advisory ways, ways that we can just bring them vision and perspective that they wouldn't otherwise have easy access to. So um, I think that's by the end of this year, I want to be able to look back and say, like we really have a path or a track that ed tech companies can kind of look at and say, "We, we can, we can grow faster if we partner with Valhalla. Yeah,
0: man, that's cool. Unreal. Well, listen, man, uh, it's been a fascinating convo, Eli. Thank you so much for your time. Um, Thank you, too. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm stoked at our recent connection, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're going to have plenty more um, interesting conversations over the next few months, and, uh, and no doubt 17X will make its way over to the Philippines, where hopefully we'll have you on stage at some stage um maybe if I people want that. to connect with you uh what's the best way to get in contact they hear what you're saying and man i've got to connect with this guy what's the best way
1: linkedin would be totally cool with me um i this year i'll be expanding my social media presence but but linkedin probably is a great way to start feel free to message me there and i love to connect openly with people
0: awesome well i'll um uh if anyone's wanting to connect with eli uh will have in the notes to this show uh, will be his, uh, his LinkedIn profile link. You can just click on that and connect through there. But mate, um, thanks so much. Uh, Oh, actually I do like to like uh, finish off with this one last question is, and I think you'll have a great answer is um, are there any brands that you see out there that we should be connecting with uh, for inspiration in this kind of purpose-driven space? Who should we be looking at?
1: Oh, that is a tough one for me. I, you know, honestly, This past couple of weeks, I've been telling my team, I think I need to spend a lot more time focusing my brain on what's going on out there in in the industries I want to be serving. So I I don't have a lot of brands that I can pull up real quick. I would mention again, really excited about what New Campus is doing in Singapore. Um, There are a lot of companies across the planet innovating and learning. And I, I don't have any in my mind right now that I would recommend, but ask me next time and I promise okay. I'll have the, have an answer for you. Too easy.
0: All right, man. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time. Uh, and uh, yeah, good luck with the year ahead.
1: All right, man. Thanks so much, Mick. Enjoyed it. Well, that's it for today's episode.
0: Thanks again for tuning in. My name is Mick Hayes. Be sure to jump onto our website, 17SDG.com to stay up to date with our 17X speaking events that tour Australian cities we'll be coming back to a city near you sometime in 2021 but for now make sure you do subscribe wherever you are listening to stay up to date with our future podcast episodes but for now get out there get inspired get aligned with the global goals become a part of the 2030 agenda and use your business as a force for good in the world